0: Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Abortion. Abortion. If you were in a situation where you had to make a choice of abortion or life, what would be your decision? What would be your immediate first reaction? And then, what would be your considered answer? After you thought about it and considered all the factors, What do you think you would answer then, given the fact that the medical profession has perfected the abortion procedure with uh, a very, very low death rate and a very low uh, complication rate compared to years in the past? One would think that abortion is much more natural and more normalized and more readily accessible and agreed upon that's not necessarily the case because there are more factors involved than just the medical factors there's financial factors the cost of it there's moral issues how much morality in, comes into the play or comes into play in making such a decision there's sociological factors the implications on individual and upon the family and upon uh, social groups and society generally. And then there are obviously psychological factors. The factor of how can a person live with this after the fact? And what are the factors that help make that decision? Well, let's take a look at this issue just a little bit, okay? You know, some people have described abortion as a war zone. You know, if you, if you compare it to war, this is what they have done. We're talking about 60 million babies that have been aborted over history that we know from recorded records. The U.S. total death rate of all the wars do not equal at all the abortion rates. For every soldier that died in war, now just think of it this way, for every soldier that died in war, now that's wars of the American Revolution, the War of 1812, the Indian Wars, the Mexican War, the Civil War, the Spanish-American War, War I, World War II, Korean War, Veteran uh, Vietnam War, the Persian Gulf, the global war on terrorism, all, all of it, you take all that combined, And for every soldier that died in one of these wars, 100 babies have been aborted. That's the difference. So sure, there are people who decry war because of the senseless deaths that are associated with war. But when you compare it to abortion, almost, it's not quite 100, but it's almost 100 Babies have been aborted for every soldier that died in all the wars the United States has been involved with throughout the history. Interesting phenomenon, isn't it? Now, let's take a look at this factor here. Because people say, well, the abortion rate is going down. We're aborting fewer children today than we did 20 years ago. 40 years ago. That's true. You know, we had we kept somewhat general records about abortion rates over the history, but we didn't keep it real close records until about the mid 1990s. But it was in 1973, as you know, that's when we have the Wade versus, I mean, the Roe versus Wade Supreme Court Act, and um, allowing for abortions to take place legally in all the states, because prior to that, there were just like about six or eight states had allowed abortion. So, we really didn't have a record of how many abortions were really uh, engaged in because we weren't keeping those records. They were under the counter, they were illegal, they were done in uh, clandestine kind of situations. So, it was around 1995 that the abortion rate and record was really studied closely by the Center of, De- of Disease Control. Center of Disease Control. Now, there are other ones that study this as well and keep records of that, but they have generally considered themselves to be the primary record keeper of abortions. In 1995, in that year, we had 1.3 to 1.4 million abortions. 1.3 to 1.4 million abortions. 1995. Let's go 10 years. 2005. Well, we had 1.2 million abortions per year. So it dropped. (laughs) What? 100,000? Okay. Let's go to to 2015. But we don't have records in 2015, but we do have records for 2014. It was .97, just less than a million, just less than a million. So, in 20 years, we went from 1.3 million abortions to just less than 1 million abortions. So, about 300 to 400,000 abortions less over a 20-year period of time. So, it's decreasing. Yes, it is. But the numbers are insignificant. They're very limited. They're very mild. They're very uh, small, if you consider the number of abortions that are taking place. So, but it is, it is dropping, and I guess will continue to drop. The interesting thing about it, since the uh, Wade versus Roe, our Roe versus Wade um, Act, and when it became legal, it kind of leveled off. It increased a little bit there for a while, and then leveled off, and then began to drop. So actually, the Roe versus Wade Supreme Court case seems to have contributed to the decision of fewer abortions on the part of women. So there was a positive effect of that, if you will, besides the negative effect of encouraging and allowing abortions to take place across the country. Now, Why is this important? Why is this important? Well, here's a factor. We're talking about life. We're not talking about a baby, necessarily. We're not talking about pregnancy. We're not talking about a sexual result. We're talking about life. Life. The life of a child. The life of a child that just came to be. And now could be celebrated but is denigrated and dismissed. See, life is important. There are some people who don't consider life to be very important. It's just something that you tolerate, if you will, or something that you just live out. But there are other people who believe that life has purpose, life has direction, life has a start, life has a beginning, And life is a godly event. There are others that don't believe that. It's just an event. An event of biology. It's a sociological event. So, that's why it's important. Because life is special. Life is valuable. And life is purposeful. That's why it's important. But there's another reason why it's important. We study this issue of abortion and consider this issue of abortion because abortion is a painful event for the individual, not just for the mother or the girl who will undergo the abortion, but for the father as well and for the families involved and for the extended family members involved and for the friendships involved. You see... Abortion is not a one-person act or one-person decision. It's a sociological decision that affects many layers of people in our life and affects our social relationships uh, exceedingly, uh, definitively, if you will, in a definitive way. So there is a factor here that we have to consider when we look at abortion, why that's important. Because it's a painful event. It's a guilty event. It's a shameful event. It's an event that people are not proud of. They don't talk about it. Therefore, they're not proud of it, you see. So, abortion really is a matter of difficulty in knowing what to do about it and knowing how to share it and how to live it out. People live with the sense of guilt and remorse and shame for years and years and years. So it's a painful event. It's a psychologically painful event. That's why abortion studies and abortion considerations and abortion thought and discussions like we're having needs to be undertaken. So it's a painful event with much suffering associated with it. And then, obviously, it's a moral event. For many people, they believe that life has purpose and has uh, a start, and it's a godly event. And therefore, it's got a moral element to it. There are people who don't think that way, don't believe that way. Therefore, it's not a moral event. It's just a social event, or an ethical event, or it's a sociological event. But there are reasons why an abortion is really important. And I look at it as in a very personal kind of way, from a psychologist's point of view, of what the suffering and pain of the individual is that they have to live with from there on. Now, when you look at um, people who try to intercede in the area of abortion, it's an interesting um, process in itself. You know, there are a lot of people who are well-intended, have goodwill and desire to see the abortion industry come to a halt And, and desire and love to see girls make a decision, women make a decision not to engage in abortion. There are many people who dearly believe and commit themselves to stopping abortions. Well, there are about four different ways that this is done, by the way just to help you kind of put this in perspective, we still have what we call sidewalk counseling. People who park themselves outside of an abortion clinic and intercede and try to talk a girl out of the abortion at the last minute as they walk up to the abortion clinic door. Call it sidewalk counseling. So, and there are many that put up a booth within the matter of a block or yards away from an abortion center to try to educate and counsel those going into an abortion clinic or making that decision. So sidewalk counseling is certainly one. Legislation is the other. It came about through legislation. Roe v. Wade was a legislative act. And we've had many modifications over the years through legislation. And there is legislation pending in many states and in in, in the federal uh, system as well, to limit the abortion. For instance, there's one debate going on, correctly, on currently of 20 months being the time of termination of the process of abortion, indicating that a fetus or child or baby feels pain at 20 months, and therefore abortion should not be engaged in at 20 months and thereafter. But it's all right before that. There are many that feel that way. And there's legislation that's prior, are pending at the current time regarding it. But there's legislation that, And there are many people committed to the legislative process of bringing change to this industry. And if you're interested in it, get involved in the legislative efforts of the advocacy groups that uh, try to bring about a uh, alteration or a change in our abortion uh, policies and procedures across the country. There's education, obviously. That's the third area. There are many, many, many ways to educate young people. Schools don't necessarily educate against abortion. They often educate for abortion and other kind of procedures. But uh, education is certainly a, a part of the process of bringing about the change in the abortion industry. So we want parents to educate their kids. We want schools to educate their kids. We want churches to educate their youth. And unfortunately, that's not often done. A lot of parents do not know how to educate in this area. Many churches don't do it or don't know how to do it. So they don't do it either. So it's left to the school, or it's left to the friends that just talk among themselves as to what they know about abortions and that whole industry of sexual protection. There's a fourth way that people intercede and intervene in the area of abortion, and that's through compassion. There are a number of centers across the country, crisis pregnancy centers of various kinds, and uh, they're kind of pre-born or pre-birth clinics. And what these clinics try to do is to help educate for alternative ways of dealing with the pregnancy than abortion. Try to help a girl think it through and think through the moral aspects of it, think through the spiritual aspects of it, think through the psychological and the sociological aspects of abortion as a choice and the alternatives that are available. These clinics provide a means by which a young lady can make a decision, a wise decision, to empower the girl to make a decision by making sure an ultrasound is provided so that a girl can actually see the pregnancy that she is experiencing, can actually see the evidence a child in the womb, provide counseling, provide diapers and cribs and baby clothing, medical attention, medical referral, and whatever a child or young girl needs so that they can make a wise choice and obviously prefer to make a life choice or a choice for life. So there are lots of ways that uh, abortion is dealt with in our country and uh, how we want to see uh, our young people who are involved in this kind of decision-making make a wise decision, but make one on the basis of facts and on the basis of morality and on the basis of uh, scientific evidence, not just emotionality that is often the case. Now, there's a lot of inconsistency in the area of abortion as well. A study was done in which uh, about a thousand adults were identified as being pro-life. And then they were were asked to complete a questionnaire. And two findings stood out of interest to me here. One quarter of those that identified themselves as pro-life said that abortion should be legal if the utero baby is less than one month old. In other words, these people, just a quarter of, the, of a thousand, but a quarter of the young women are saying one month is when life begins. One month is when you have that choice factor to operate. You can abort anywhere up to one month. Well, the scientific evidence is somewhat similar to that, but not not exactly. Because the evidence in science shows that life begins at about 24 to 48 hours following the sexual act and conception. So we have about a day, maybe two days, before we really know that life is instilled and life now exists. It's not one month. It's a matter of 48 hours. Approximately. And one other finding of this study, of these 100, I mean 1,000 adults, said that a quarter of them claimed to be pro-life belief, or had pro-life beliefs, but that they would not engage in a, an abortion themselves, but it should be made available to anybody else to, in, giving them the right to choose. Which is an interesting point. Here they say, abortion is not for me. But it should be available to anybody else. That's logically inconsistent. If abortion is abortion, it's abortion. If it's not right for you, it's probably not right for anybody else either. Now, people may have different opinions, that's true. But that's different. So, even in the abortion field of pro-life, there are a lot of inconsistencies. And according to the tests conducted within the last couple of years, interviews with abortionists and videos of abortion procedures are the most highly effective way to advance the pro-life cause. In other words, showing a young person the abortion procedure, the abortion act, through movies and through visual presentations, that's the most effective way to help a young girl decide not to engage in abortion. Just so that you know, let's take a couple steps here, okay? We have a a child that has now been produced, and now we're, let's just say we're at one month to where the girl goes in for an abortion. And there's an insertion made into her uterus. And um, the baby is grabbed by uh, an instrument. Perhaps the legs or the arms are cut off and pulled out. And then the rest of the body is grabbed and pulled out. And the head is crushed and removed. So we have an abortion where we take out the baby in parts. And all done within the matter of minutes. So we are in a tough spot in America. We're in a tough spot in the world today. And uh, we have to really think through this issue of life. The value of life. And the value of life to each of us personally, and it's not just a matter of what we want, not just a matter of what's in our best interest, it's really a matter of what's in the interest of this child that has now been produced, and what do we do with it? Well, we give it birth, we celebrate its birth, and then we either bring it into the family and cherish it and love it and raise that child fully. Or we provide a substitute family in the form of adoption. And that substitute family takes the child, cherishes the child, raises the child, and brings the child to full life. That's an alternative. It's a great alternative. We need more effort in the area of adoption. There are many, many couples that cannot have children for various reasons but are available for adoption to adopt a child not only here in America but are all around the world so we need to give consideration we need to give freedom to the choice of adoption that's the choice that should be made available and promoted well thanks for joining me today and um Tough topic, but um, what I'd like to do is just remember or to remind you of this, that the program today, as well as my uh, television program on centralvalleytalk.com, which is every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock uh, Pacific Standard Time, we're sponsored by the Pregnancy Care Center of Fresno, Pregnancy Care Center of Fresno, It's located on Van Ness and Olive. And I would encourage you if you're in a situation of a crisis pregnancy or an unwanted pregnancy, or you're frightened or you're, you're fearful, you're scared, or you're uncertain and you're unsure, you need counsel, you need somebody to talk to, somebody to think it through with, find your way over to 1127 East Olive. That's Vanessa and Olive. Find your way there and go to the Crisis Pregnancy Center and just introduce yourself. These folks are experienced, they're professional, they're kindly, they're considerate, they're compassionate, they're caring, they'll listen, and they'll think it through with you in a very systematic way so that you make the right decision for you. Anyway, thanks for joining me, and bye for now.